What is up, everybody, and welcome back to DW Sports. I am your host, Will Feller, and it right now is a Saturday night. It is college football day, and I'm actually going to be talking about another college football episode soon, but I haven't talked about week one NFL yet, so that's actually what I'm going to do today. Week two is tomorrow, and let me tell you guys, I was at the Colts-Seahawks game, and I am super, super disappointed Especially with the Colts O-line. So that's where we're going to start first in Indianapolis. We got to. I'm a homer, you know? So the Colts-Seahawks game, the O-line, I don't know what happened. I didn't think Seattle's pass rush was super elite. I thought that Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams, the two best defensive players for Seattle, would be the ones that would carry all the bulk of the defensive work for them. Bobby Wagner made a lot of tackles. Jamal Adams didn't really do too much. But I thought him, you know, laying the boom on somebody or man-to-man coverage Jamal Adams is, I mean, he's not the best. But I thought that knowing Carson Wentz, he may throw an inaccurate pass and throw it right to him. Jamal Adams is a very, very smart player. And I'm surprised he didn't do too much. But the pass rush for the Seattle Seahawks, I don't know where that came from. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, they did not look that good. And I don't know if they were injured or if they were banged up or they just didn't get used to the new scheme with Carson Wentz because obviously when you have a new quarterback like that, guys, you have to change up your scheme a little bit. You know, you have a whole different play style in Carson Wentz versus what you had last year in Phillip Rivers. Carson Wentz, I wouldn't call him a mobile quarterback because when you think of a mobile quarterback like a Michael Vick, or a Lamar Jackson, or you can even say like a Kyler Murray in the NFL now. Those guys are mobile quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, he's just the kind of guy that can move. If he needs to, if the coverage is is locked for the defense and he doesn't want to throw it away, if it's third and five, third and six, he'll take off running. And that's fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. If you're going to get a first down off of that, Carson, just don't hurt yourself. But I am perfectly perfectly fine with that. I think that most people on our Instagram poll this week picked Seattle to win, so congratulations on you guys if you did. I picked the Colts just because I'm a homer. I truly, truly thought that we were going to keep it closer than we did or win because 12 points, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's two possessions, and we are just super, super slow. Like, one of our touchdowns was just a garbage time touchdown. We were down 28-10, to 10, and there was, like, less than five minutes in the fourth quarter, and we scored a touchdown. It looks better on the scoreboard on ESPN, but truly in the stadium, I mean, it was horrific. Carson Wentz didn't play horrible. I don't think that he is going to be like, oh my gosh, this guy's back into his form. I don't think that that's what he's going to be like. I think he's going to be a solid, a little bit better than Phillip Rivers type quarterback. He threw for 200-something yards. He didn't have any picks. No turnovers for Carson Wentz either, so no picks or or fumbles. And Seattle, I just got to give props to them. I have Russell Wilson on my fantasy team, and the dude lit it up. And part of the reason, I'm telling you guys right now, part of the reason I started Russ in fantasy, or not started him because obviously you're going to start him, but a reason why I picked him in the draft for one of my leagues is I knew that the Colts always play bad week one. So knowing Russell Wilson week one against a team that I like that doesn't do good, 
I knew that he was probably going to tear it up, right? So he had like 27 points, solid. I won one league and I lost one league. I actually lost one league by one point, literally by one point because Cooper Cup, I don't know if you guys will recall this, but Cooper Cup was going to go in for a second touchdown. They called it a touchdown on the field and then they reversed the call. His knee was down at the one and it was the right call. I'm not complaining and saying that should have been a touchdown, but I just wish they wouldn't have reviewed it because then I would have won my game, but they did review it. He was down at the one-yard line, and I lost by one point. And honestly, I think the team that lost is way better than my team that won. And my team that won is a 10-man P- – well, they're actually t- both 10-man PPR leagues, but one league I'm in, it is a $50 buy-in, so that one's a lot more important to me than – Really the one where there's no buy-in. But, of course, I want to win both. But Seattle against Indianapolis. Seattle kind of impressed me more than Indianapolis disappointed me because when you have a new quarterback like that, the Colts have a new offensive coordinator. I don't know if you guys recall that. Nick Serrani, the head coach of the Eagles, used to be the Colts offensive coordinator. So our new OC is kind of getting to the groove of Carson. And T.Y. Hilton was hurt. I was hoping to see Michael Pittman more in the past game. Really, I was. Michael Pittman, I thought that he was going to be a guy that develops a lot. And honestly, he didn't do too much. I thought that he was going to not be like a Tyler Lockett type guy that just goes absolutely berserk, but more like a a Zach Paschal, T.Y. Hilton combined production. Maybe like six, seven catches 75 yards, something like that. I mean, just a good, solid day. And I don't know if the chemistry of the Colts receivers are just off or what it is. Because, guys, they look lost. Carson Wentz, I mean, there were so many routes where there were just incomplete passes and inaccurate throws because I think Carson Wentz thought a receiver is going to run a different route. And... Carson Wentz had foot surgery too, okay? So this dude has had less practices with the team than any other quarterback. Jacob Easton took reps with the number one guys in training camp and practice because Carson Wentz was hurt. I'm hoping that when we play LA this week, we can put in a better game plan because our offensive line was just getting shredded, which doesn't happen at all. Our O-line was phenomenal last year. I don't know. I seriously don't know what happened to our O-line. But Colts play L.A. Rams tomorrow at 1 o'clock back in Lucas Oil. And I am honestly kind of worried that we're going to start 0-2 because they got Aaron Donald, they got Jalen Ramsey on the defensive end. But if you got Quentin Nelson blocking Aaron Donald, I know Aaron Donald lines up all over the field. He can line up as an end. He can line up as a tackle, wherever. He's going to line up somewhere on the line. And I'm honestly not too worried about it because I think that Coach Reich will will make the adjustment to double-team him or the defensive coordinator will make the adjustment to double-team Aaron Donald. And he gets out of double-teams all the time. It's not like he's incapable of getting out of double-teams. But I just think that if we double-team Aaron Donald, we can let a guy, a linebacker, or another defensive lineman kind of go one-on-one that's ideal for me if we double team Aaron Donald I think anybody on the offensive line besides maybe 
Um, Mark Glowinski, I don't know if he'll be able to take a linebacker or a D-lineman one-on-one. I'm not sure. I don't know if Davenport Davenport won't be able to take a guy one-on-one. We clearly saw that last week. Julian Davenport honestly probably had the worst game out of the line, but he's really a backup, so I kind of expected it from Julian Davenport. Their run blocking was not terrible, but it was their pass blocking. Like Carson Wentz, I felt like inside his helmet, he was thinking, I'm literally in Philadelphia 2.0 because Philadelphia couldn't protect the dude. And that's the reason why he was made of glass. He was always hurt. He lost his confidence because every time Carson Wentz steps on the field, he was probably going to get hit. Whether that's a knockdown, a hurry, or a sack. He's going to get rushed or he's going to get hit in some way in Philadelphia. And Carson Wentz had no difference in Indianapolis. He had no difference at all. He was rushed. He was hurried. He was taken down, sacked. He was just lit up. And they need to fix it this week, especially when you have the best defensive player in football come and see your hometown. Also, a message for Carson Wentz. I would try to avoid throwing to Jalen Ramsey's side of the field at all times, please. Because Jalen Ramsey, if you don't say that he's the best corner in football, like if you think that he's not the number one by far corner in football, then... In my opinion, you're just wrong. And I guess I can't say by a mile because you can't really compare anybody by a mile in the NFL unless it's Aaron Donald. But Jalen Ramsey, what makes him so good? He's a phenomenal tackler. He's a phenomenal coverage guy. He's smart. But most of all, he can break on the ball faster than anybody I've ever seen. Jair Alexander, Ed Reed, Champ Bailey. Jalen Ramsey can break on the football to make a pick or a deflection faster than anybody I've ever seen in football. Now, Ed Reed was a ball hawk. I mean, Ed Reed was a ball hawk. He was phenomenal at breaking on the ball. And as a safety, that's way more important than tackling, in my opinion, because I play safeties in football And if I have to make a tackle in the open field, then somebody else in the front seven or the corners didn't do their job. And that kind of frustrates me as a second-air guy. And Ed Reed didn't have to make that many tackles for Baltimore because they had Ray Lewis, they had Terrell Suggs. I mean, they were just – their defense was just clamps. I mean, they were just clamps. So Ed Reed didn't have to make that many tackles. He just got so many interceptions. That's what made him great. But Jalen Ramsey, of course, wearing number five now. So if you can't see Jalen Ramsey on the field, then he's number five. He's not number 20. This dude breaks on the ball so fast. He can be a whole yard and a half behind, and he will make a play on the football. That is how athletic this guy is. That is how talented this guy is. And I wish I could see him in person. I don't have tickets for this game. I wish I did, but I had Seattle ones last week, so I'm very thankful for that. I'm just going to have to watch it on TV. 
And honestly, watching it on TV is underrated. What do you guys think? Do you guys think watching it, watching NFL games on TV is better than going to the live game or not? Because at Lucas Oil Stadium, I don't have that good of service on my phone. So I can't really check fantasy. I can't watch other games while when I'm at home, I can just flip on Red Zone and there's all the games right there. I can check fantasy. My opinion, I would rather be at the game, but what do you guys think? Do you think it's better to watch an NFL game live or when you're sitting at home and you can see all the games, you can check fantasy? Because I'm just curious to see. Most people, I think, would rather be at the game, but some people would like to see it at home because of that reasons for red zone and fantasy. Indianapolis, LA, this week. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Carson Wentz just has to make the right decisions. Our O-line has to tighten up. And our defense, I'm more worried about our offense than our defense. We just can't let the deep ball beat us. I mean, that's kind of what the game plan was last week with Seattle. I feel like everybody in the NFC West likes to throw the deep ball. Maybe San Francisco is probably the team that does it the least. But the other three, the Cardinals, the 49ers, or, I'm sorry, the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and the Rams all do. And last week, Tyler Lockett did it to us multiple times. We just can't let Cooper Cup get deep or Robert Woods, and I think we'll be fine on defense. They're going to score points, but as long as we don't give them 28 and above, I think that we can be perfectly fine. Okay, make sure you guys tune into that game because that game is going to be a good game. One game that wasn't a good game this weekend, and I'm actually really shocked about this. My brother is a Green Bay Packers fan, and he was excited to watch the Packers week one. Aaron Rodgers is back. Devontae Adams is back after that whole shenanigan. New Orleans, Drew Brees is gone, retired. The Packers should breeze through the Saints, right? I mean, Jameis Winston at quarterback, who threw 30 interceptions in a year, that guy's at quarterback, yeah. But he goes out there and he throws for five touchdowns and he blows you out 38-3. to The Green Bay Packers looked awful. Awful. 38-3. I can't remember another time I've seen an NFL game where... There wasn't a touchdown scored by both sides. Literally the first one that comes to the top of my head is the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl when the final score was 10-3. I guarantee you there are other ones, but I can't think of it off the top of my head because it doesn't happen that often. In college football, it's so easy to score. You see scores like 70-0 to all the time. Like Oklahoma beat Western Alabama 76-0 to last week. NFL, you don't see scores like that, but... You rarely see teams that get shut out from scoring a touchdown. Rarely. And especially when you have a top five offense in the league, I thought for sure that the Packers were going to come out firing. Devontae Adams had less catches than I thought. Aaron Jones didn't run wild. But Aaron Rodgers, I was playing my dad in fantasy for the league that I won. And on, I won by like 20-something points. But honestly... If Aaron Rodgers had a halfway decent game, I think that I may have lost. Or it would have been super, super close because 
I know he had one point in most of your guys' leagues. Our scoring, we do it a little bit different. Aaron Rodgers had negative one point for my dad. One in most leagues, negative one for my dad. And then he also had Ezekiel Elliott, who had like six points on Thursday night game. And my dad is really, really good at fantasy. Like, if I beat my dad, I feel accomplished because he's won like four championships in our league. It's been going on for... I think this is the 11th year, so I haven't been in it every year, but my dad is super, super good at fantasy, so I was definitely accomplished when I beat him. Speaking of fantasy football, just a tip for you guys. I think this is going to be the last year that like the Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara wave is going to be elite because running backs in fantasy are only good for like three or four years. And the number one overall guy that goes every year is never the best consecutive years. Christian McCaffrey is going to be solid, but I don't think he'll be the best in fantasy this year. He had a good week last week. He didn't score a touchdown, but he had a lot of receptions. Christian McCaffrey, I think with Sam Darnold, is still going to get those checkdowns. But the Panthers, they got to get air attack going. I mean, they have Robbie Anderson, they have DJ Moore, who are good, solid receivers. But Christian McCaffrey, I think if he's not a top three scoring running back this year, I think that his draft stock is going to go way, way down. Because think about it, who was the the top scorer last year in fantasy? If I can remember right, it's like... Aaron Rodgers, maybe, right? I mean, overall speaking, who had the most fantasy points out of anybody last year? Maybe Aaron Rodgers? I'm not sure. Maybe a running back. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but Christian McCaffrey, two years ago when he went off, he wasn't the best running back in fantasy. He he really wasn't. And last year, he was a stud. And this year, I think he'll just go back to mediocre. So, Christian McCaffrey is interesting because he's so elusive. But I don't think, like, it's kind of weird to me because he's not in between the tackles runner, yet he always racks up like 30 points because Christian McCaffrey can literally be the leading receiver on his own team if he wants to because Sam Darnold likes to check down a lot. I know... When he was in New York, he didn't, you know, you didn't see a lot of checkdowns to Le'Veon Bell or Frank Gore. And Le'Veon Bell got, I mean, Frank Gore isn't like that, but Le'Veon Bell had a lot of checkdowns in Pittsburgh. Sam Darnold's system in Carolina is a lot better than it is in New York. The New York Jets organization is just a joke. I mean, it's really just a joke. I mean, the Jets have so many historic moments that are just terrible. Like the butt fumble. They they won Super Bowl way back when. I think it was Super Super Bowl three, maybe. I think it was. I think the first five went Packers, Packers, Jets, Chiefs, Colts. So they won Super Bowl three. But other than that, the New York Jets organization has literally accomplished nothing. They made it to the AFC Championship. Uh, I think two years straight, 
and they lost both AFC championships. That's when they had Darrell Rivas, Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan was their head coach. They actually had a pretty decent team. But like I always say, in order to win a Super Bowl, you need to have an elite defense and or an elite quarterback. The only one that I can think of that hasn't had that are the Eagles. And the Eagles didn't have an elite defense in the regular season, but in the playoffs they stepped up. And Nick Foles wasn't elite in the playoffs by any means, but he got by and he got the job done for the Eagles that year when they won the Super Bowl. But back to the Green Bay Packers. I tweeted out on the DW Sports Twitter, at DW Sports with two S's on the end. Also, our Instagram, at DW Sports with two S's on the end, if you haven't followed. Is Aaron Rodgers done? I tweeted that, and I posted on my Instagram. Because here's my thoughts on it, guys. Here's how I'll put it. Usually, when you're forced to do something, like say you have to do a chore, and your parents make you do it, right? Versus when... You're going to play Xbox or you're going to play play PlayStation. When you're going to play Xbox or you're going to go play PlayStation versus when you're forced to do chores, right? You put in way more energy and effort into playing video games than you do into doing chores. Why is that? Because you actually want to do it. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to play in Green Bay. Because I don't think he wants to get traded. I think he wants to bring the town of Green Bay or the state of Wisconsin a Super Bowl, one more Super Bowl, and then he's out. I don't think that he's going to be terrible by any means. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think that he's going to regress horribly. I mean, he just won MVP last season. But I don't think he'll be in the MVP conversation this year. Because he doesn't, he's forced into doing something, right? And I guess force is a bad word because Aaron Rodgers, if he he kind of chose to play there at the last second, but he doesn't want he's not eager to play there. And I think that that's going to affect his stats a little bit because Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. There's no reason that they should not score a touchdown. There's no reason Aaron Rodgers should not throw a touchdown pass in an NFL game. That's how I'm going to put it. There's absolutely no reason Aaron Rodgers should not throw a touchdown pass in an NFL game. Plain and simple. I guarantee you he had some long streak going and he broke it. Since when does the all-time great quarterbacks not throw an interception, or not an interception, a touchdown in an NFL game. Everybody has bad games, but if you look at bad games from Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, they usually all have thrown at least one touchdown, maybe like four picks, one touchdown, but they always score. And Aaron Rodgers didn't even do that. They come out on Monday night and they play the Lions at Lambeau, and if they don't win that game, then... I'm worried for the Packers because the Lions, you've heard me in the past, their organization is a joke too. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams I think will be back. I think they'll be fine in fantasy as well. But they need to get it together now because if they don't get it together, their season is going to be in jeopardy. Another team that I want to talk about before I kind of get off The Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles seriously impressed me. Talking about another team that didn't score a touchdown, 
the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know how these teams just aren't scoring. Like, it's way easier to score in college than the NFL, but in the NFL, I always see at least one touchdown from both sides. I swear I always see one touchdown from both sides. Devontae Smith looked great. Jalen Hurts, fun fact, has had more 300-yard passing games in his career than Lamar Jackson has. Jalen Hurts has had like five starts. Lamar's had like 30-something, I think. And Jalen Hurts has thrown more 300-yard passing games. I think that he's going to be a stud. I truly do. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be an absolute stud. Devontae Smith looked good. He caught his first touchdown pass in the NFL um, in Atlanta against the Georgia team where he caught his national championship touchdown in Atlanta against the Georgia team. So I thought that was pretty cool. Congrats to Devontae Smith for doing that. But they seriously impressed me. I did not think an NFC lease team would come out and do that. The Cowboys lost. The Giants lost. And the Washington football team lost. The Eagles are a sleeper team to win the NFC least. And if I don't know what the odds are on it right now, but... If the odds are, I would say, plus 250 or above, I would bet, well, it's probably not going to be plus 250 now because they're leading it. They're leading the division now. But if it ever, if you bet on the Eagles to win the division before the season and it was plus 250, you should be thinking about winning your bet right now. Because the way that they played against the Falcons, and the Falcons, they're not good, but they're no scrubs, I don't think. I mean, Matt Ryan's no scrub. They have Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, who are solid receivers. Russell Gage, I mean, Russell Gage is all right, but Calvin Ridley is a good receiver. Kyle Pitts, in his first game, not too shabby. They just need to figure out their running back situation, the Falcons, but I think they'll be fine. I think they'll win like five or six games. They'll, they're just going to have to continue their rebuild after they lost Julio. They're just rebuilding, and that's fine. And the Falcons losing Julio got me thinking about the Tennessee Titans and the AFC South. How are the Houston Texans leading the AFC? Like, literally, most I, I know some people that thought the Texans were going to go 0-17, these boys came out and literally destroyed the Jags. I don't understand. Like, the Houston Texans are leading the AFC South right now. I know it's only one win, and it's like, chill out, Will. It's one game, but never this season would I thought I would ever say, even in week one, that the Houston Texans are leading the AFC South. Tyrod Taylor looked good. Honestly, the whole team looked good. With Bill, Bill O'Brien gone, DeAndre Hopkins gone, the team looked better without him. I mean, they picked off Trevor Lawrence three times, which isn't surprising to me because rookies in their first NFL game, they're going to come to a consensus that, yeah, these NFL guys are a lot better than college DBs. So that's not surprising to me, but, I mean, they killed the Jags. They killed them. And I like the Houston Texans. You got to be kidding me. Super, super shocking to me.
Super shocking to me. My predictions for division winners this year. AFC South. I'm going to say the Colts because, one, I'm a homer. And, two, being non-biased in all seriousness, the way that the Titans played against the Cardinals, their offense didn't look as good as everybody says it is. The Colts didn't look good as everybody says they are anyways. But I still think it's between those two. And I think based off of last week, and I know you can't say anything off of just one week, but I'm a homer. Give me the Colts. AFC North, I'll take the Cleveland Browns. You can make an argument for the Ravens, and the Bengals didn't look too shabby, but the Browns kept it close with the Chiefs. They looked pretty good. They were leading all the way up until the end. Give me Cleveland for that division. AFC West, if you say anybody but Kansas City, I don't even know what to tell you. You just don't know football. And the AFC East, give me Buffalo. Even though they lost last week, still give me Buffalo. NFC North, I'm actually going to take the Minnesota Vikings. I cannot trust the Packers to win that division based off what I saw last week from Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and the whole organization getting blown out 38-3. I can't promise that the Packers are going to go out there and dominate like they did last year. I think they'll do a little bit better, but it's kind of hard to be like, oh, yeah, they're going to bounce back. I mean, they looked horrible. So give me the Minnesota Vikings for that division. NFC least. Uh, I'm still probably going to take the Dallas Cowboys. Dak's back. Dak's a stud quarterback. I think that the Cowboys win most of their division games. I'll take the Cowboys. NFC South, Tampa. If you say anybody but Tampa, I, again, don't know what to tell you. And the NFC West, the best division of football. I am going to roll with the LA Rams. In a close battle with Seattle, I think it will go LA and then Seattle in second, San Francisco, and then Arizona. But I think every single team in that division will have winning records because that's just how good that division is. So those are my end-of-the-season division winners. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you guys for tuning in this episode. There's a lot more to talk about. I'm going to get Davis on here as well, and we're going to talk about a college episode soon, an NFL episode soon. Week 2 is tomorrow, so... We'll break down week one and two a little bit more this week. If you haven't followed our social medias, our Twitter and Instagram are DW Sports with two S's on the end. TikTok and Snapchat is DW underscore sports. Our email is DWSportsShow at gmail.com. If you have any questions, thank you guys for tuning in this episode. Seriously, I appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure to stay positive. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.